Well, a big turnaround in markets after yesterday's enthusiasm, despite strong earnings and forecasts from NVIDIA. So AI is on track to take over the world, which is why we need Arnold Schwarzenegger to be the next US president. But why the turnaround in sentiment today and what to expect from Jackson Hole? Because frankly, there's a big divide on how far the Fed goes from stopping now to raising rates right into next year. Who knows? It's Friday, the 25th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So stocks not as excited by NVIDIA as you might have thought. The NVIDIA share price up so much at the start of the day and uh, in after hours trade yesterday have just about written off all those gains, staying in the green, but only just and just about the only stock that is in the green today. The Nasdaq is down 1.9% at close. The S&P 500 lost 1.4% and a 1.1% drop in the Dow. The Eurostox 50 closed down 0.8%. The FTSE 100 up a little, but just 0.2%. The US dollar is up half a percent today almost up to 104 during the session on the DXY. I mean, Sally All did say that the rise in the Aussie yesterday, the Aussie dollar would be short-lived, and she was right because it is down almost 1% today. The same drop for the pound, half a percent for the euro, and down 0.7% for the Japanese yen. We got close to 146 yen to the dollar today. Uh, it's been around there for much of the week, at the weakest level for the yen since November, and bond yields have started to rise again. Well, they have in the United States. Up five for 10-year treasuries up 36 basis points in the last month. Down four for UK 10-year gilts, though, and only small moves in the rest of Europe. Aussie 10 years yesterday, down eight basis points to 4.11%. And oil is marginally up, uh, only about 0.1%, though, for both Brent and WTI. So, what a curious day. I mean, given NVIDIA came out with strong results after the close yesterday, with a higher-than-expected guidance for Q3, and everyone was all so hyper about the prospect for AI. So what's going on? Uh, Dave DeGarris joins me from NAB in London. I mean, we did get some weaker data from the US. I don't think this would have done it, though. Uh, US durable goods orders down 5.2% in July after a 4.4% rise in June. Both of them are month-on-month figures. So that is quite a turnaround in a a bad way. Uh, Is that what's taken the wind out of the sails from what we were seeing yesterday? It seems unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that one, Phil, was mostly just the... um normal whipsaw movements in aircraft orders from month, one month to the next. But even so, core durable goods orders, I think, rose 0.1%, so barely a rise there. Um, that's been sort of um, flattish for the past few few months, yes. So, that's, so not, may- that's not explaining the seesaw action that we're seeing in just about every aspect, bond yields and uh, and, and shares then, is it? And Or was it the, um, the weekly jobless claims that we didn't used to pay too much attention to? I mean, they fell... Uh, so they've gone from 240,000 the week before down to 230,000 last week. So that shows the tightness in the labour market continues. Is that what's concerning everyone? Yeah, look, and plus we had that um, second-tier Chicago activity index, which popped back to positive. But more often than not, that's been negative this year. So when that's uh, positive, it's above. It's supposed to signify above-trend growth by, you know, it's a it's an amalgam of about eighty five different components, but no, no nobody yeah. ever looks at that index. To be quite honest, Phil, and uh, <laughs> but they have today, so it's zero point one two, so it is over zero, <laughs> which means it's good, and it's only been up above zero, I Indeed. think, uh, twice but, but since, I think to, since September last year. To be year. quite honest, I think we're scratching around for things to try and fit the story of what's been happening in markets today. Maybe it's just the markets a little bit twitchy. Uh, just repositioning ahead of uh, Jackson Hole. Um, worried mm. that um, 
pal might pull another rabbit out of the hat. But, you know, what's he going to talk about? He's, um, you know, they've made a lot of progress on inflation, but I don't think people expect him to declare victory at this point. Um, but nevertheless, he'll probably recognise the progress, but more more work to be done. Well, it's going but, to be interesting, um, isn't it, to see what he does say, because there's such a huge variation in expectations now. Indeed. Right down to, for example, PIMCO, the uh, US investment house, saying that, you know, the Fed is still going to be raising rates next year. And then, you know, you've got other people saying, no, that's it. They've gone as far as they're going to go. Well, it's all done now. Well, what, what we don't understand yet is, um, you know, the, there is this narrative around that perhaps the US economy is going through a mini re-acceleration. I don't know whether that's right or not, but that seems to be the narrative. Um, I mean, it hasn't weakened as much as uh, what we've seen, you know, this week with the European and UK PMIs. That, that, that's certainly for sure. And then, of course, the whole wage price dynamics and service sector inflation, how sticky that will be. So, we're all presuming, I think, that that will have a sticky element to it. We don't know the answer to that at this stage, so how that's going to play out. And and that will be, of course, super important and whether the Fed has to come back to the table with more rate rises next year. Certainly, I think most people would have expected the US economy to soften up more than it's been the case to date. And everyone is feeling their way around the data releases we get because there's so many interpretations on this. So I, I had one interpretation on, on those uh, those weaker manufacturing PMIs getting down to 47, so in, in contraction territory. I had the argument that if you've got a contracting uh, manufacturing sector in the United States, but jobs are holding up, so people have still got the spending power, then, you know, that's inflationary because you've got less goods and the same amount of money chasing them. So that could be, you know, so a weaker PMI, manufacturing PMI, actually mm. could push prices up a bit. It's a theory. Maybe, but, but it is a theory. But I think the thing with manufacturing is that they're all reporting the issue they're having this year is the all demand this. side rather yeah. than the supply yeah. side, right? So if people were did have the spending power, um, they'd be in the shop spending a lot more or, you know, businesses be ordering a lot more and manufacturers, you think, would be reporting that in their uh, their monthly reports. And that hasn't been the case. So the but curious- I'm open to any theories, Phil, that's for sure. <laughs> well, there we are. We gave I it. We, it. Di- we dismissed it. Uh, so have you got a theory on equities then? Because, you know, um, they were positive ahead of NVIDIA. NVIDIA delivered, but, you know, and, and you would have thought any stock's doing to do with AI would be up, but they're down today. Apple has lost 2.2%. Microsoft is down 1.8%. Google has lost 1.3%. Uh, 1.6% drop for Meta. I wonder why this big turnaround. Yeah, it might, it might be just a bit of interest rate nervousness, a little bit of hint of a uh, of risk off. Mm. Um, you were mentioning before how the Aussie is sort of back down, sort of looks like it wants to test test closer to 64 cents. But when uh, we arrived at work this morning, it was, you know, a 64.70 or thereabouts. So it was quite a different environment. But as the day has worn on and uh, mark, yeah, risk markets have just been underperforming today, it's, uh, it's succumbed to that. So it just seems to be a re- bit of a renewed appetite for the US dollar. And as you're mentioning, bond yields in the US fi- uh, finding some support on the day. But yeah. um, we will see how much, uh, you know, what, what uh, Powell and others say at, um, at Jackson Hole, of course, not just him, but um, Lagarde and I think Broadbent from the Bank of England. Uh, Schnabel, we know n- next week, apparently speaking in the US, I imagine she'll be at Jackson Hole as well. So, and we know, you know, what the situation in Germany, they've been pretty hawkish on inflation. We just wonder with, 
the activity numbers continuing to soften up there, whether they'll be less strident than, well, than they have been. So is the ECB going to stump up with another rate rise in September? That's still very much an open question, I think. Yeah, well, we had uh, well a couple of bits of, of European news. First of all, European gas prices. I mean, they shot up, of course, with the prospect of strikes for LNG workers in Australia. Uh, but down a lot. So Dutch natural gas futures down 14% today for September mm. contracts. So, mm. I mean, we said fickle yesterday. There's the proof, isn't there? Indeed. And um, it seems that uh, the negotiators for uh, the union, the offshore alliance, um, reached a deal with Woodside, uh, the Northwest Shelf, for its offshore operations. And that was going to be put to the vote, as I understand it, um, Wednesday, late Wednesday, Australia time. We're expecting perhaps to hear the result of that vote um, during our session today, but I can't see any report of that. But the mark, the fact that negotiators have reached an agreement or recommendation with uh, with Woodside, I think the market just jumped jumped on that news pretty quickly and understandably. So, seeing gas prices turn around, and then of course. You've still got the other significant producer, one of the other significant producers in Australia, that Chevron and uh, the giant Gorgon project. Um, that that is still out on a limb as well. So this issue is not done with yet. So we might still have a little bit of uh, volatility in gas prices ahead. But maybe the market thinks that if they do a deal with Woodside, then uh, Chevron will come to the party. And you're mentioning that weaker data coming out of Europe. So the, the French business climate mm. not doing so very well in the latest INSEE survey. Uh, I always hear an INSEE survey. I always think it just, just means a very small survey, but it's not. That's the INSEE Wincy. An INSEE Wincy survey. But INSEE is their equivalent of the ABS in France. So 99 points for business confidence, which is the lowest since April 2021. But it's only down not that much, actually. Only an INSEE bit as, <laughs> since last month. It's only down one point, but a sharper Nicely fall put. in industrial confidence, isn't it? So, which fell quite a bit below expectations. Yes, yes. So, it just added a little bit more, didn't it? It wasn't mm. like a light bulb moment as far as that particular survey is concerned, but just seemed to confirm that the French economy did seem to be standing out and holding up a lot better than what, what has been the case in, uh, in Germany so far, Phil, this year. But things have turned around there. So, you know, we saw yep. that yesterday with the services PMI, which was back to, what, 46.7, and now the NC survey su suggesting that uh, French industry is, is, is feeling the pinch into the um, into the September quarter. And, of course, we've got uh, the German IFO survey tonight, haven't we, and those yep. possible revisions to German GDP. So uh, you'd expect that to be the, the IFO survey to be a pretty gloomy read, and the market would be looking to see whether we've had what the pro the preliminary GDP for Germany was what flat, so um, ne negative point one is not a big statistical difference, but uh, the optics of that you know are quite important currently. So we shall see. Yeah, uh, just back on artificial intelligence again because I don't know if you've heard that it's going to save save everybody. You know, it's the every economy. Well, it's going to save the U.S. economy and obviously the Chinese economy in particular. But PwC just released their latest Pulse survey overnight in the U.S., which mm -hmm. has shown that business leaders are more confident now. Only seventeen percent strongly agree that it's going to be a recession in the next six months in the U.S. Uh, and 46% are saying they're going to invest in AI in the next 12 to 18 months. I suspect after they figure out how and what specifically mm -hmm. and what, what mm -hmm. exactly does it all mean, 
Uh, and uh, one of the big concerns uh, for 28% is margin pressures. So they say there's a serious risk for their earnings. Uh, but, you know, that's bad for them. But obviously, that I mean, that's a good sign for containing inflation, I guess. So there's a bit of positive news out of that. But, I mean, that that's another survey, you know, showing on the upside for the United States. Yes, yes. Well, new, new technology and so forth. But uh, perhaps uh, we can ask AI how to deal with inflation in this current yeah. environment. Problem solved. How to engineer the soft landing. <laughs> well, you know, more and more people are saying that's going to happen. So I wonder if Jerome Powell will be one of them. So we'll get all of that we don't know the full agenda still if you go to kansascityfed.org we don't know any of the agenda no still, really. exactly well eight o'clock tonight u.s time it will magically appear apparently at kansascityfed.org they are keeping it close to their chest but you know we know you know inflation china russia BRICS, perhaps as well look uh, phil we know that we know that power will be speaking at 8 a.m friday morning or is it 8 15 friday yeah. morning so that's going to be midday. That's the headline sort act. Of, yeah, exactly. Yes, that, 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 that's the head, headline act. So, um, you know, that's going to be at lunchtime, uh, London time tomorrow. So that's what the market's really waiting for. So is it going to be a sort of a balance recognising the big improvement in inflation? But surely it's going to be an address where he wants to keep his options open, you know, without, you know, setting hairs running that the Fed's done and a normal yeah. mighty rally. That's the last thing he wants and... And have to come back to the table again. So yeah, yeah, uh, that'd be my thinking anyway. Tokyo CPI uh, before that, uh, of course, that's the leading indicator for the national uh, number for uh, for Japan. Uh, you mentioned Germany's IFO expectations index, also UK consumer confidence, but obviously everyone is going to be looking in the direction of Wyoming to see what's said there and in the direction of Georgia. 7.30 tonight, US time, Donald Trump is going to hand himself in. So there's the Circus Act uh, coming into town. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that as well. Yes, yes no, uh, doubt, no doubt you were listening to the uh, the debate. Uh, yeah, geez. Yeah, you can see why he's the front runner, can't you? Uh, not that we're supposed to talk politics, of course, on this, no, on this no, podcast. No, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I'm in the market. I think a lot of people in the market are watching that to see how yeah, that evolves. Absolutely. We don't know how it's all going to end, but certainly Bit get, to go, get, yeah. getting but a lot yeah. of attention. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. And look, uh, you we're not going to have you on for a, quite a long time. So you are leaving London. You're going back to Australia mm. and uh, you're going on. Uh, well, you're going on a I'm bit of a I'm just taking a little bit of time off. Fishing time. Could be a mm. bit of that thrown in there somewhere. So it's been great having you on for the last seven years. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you again in, uh, you know, in, in a matter of months. Hopefully, it's, Phil. It's, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. It has been so much of a pleasure. And delight. Dave. Yeah, likewise. And you enjoy your time off. And uh, we'll see you when you get back. Good on you, mate. Cheers. And that's it for me as well. But you don't have to wait a few months before I'm back on. In fact, I'm back on this afternoon for the weekend edition. And uh, a vitally important topic this weekend, fixing Australia's productivity problem. We all know it's heading downwards. What's driving it down and how do we get it back up again? One reason why we've been so good at maintaining our high incomes and our living standards uh while our productivity growth has, has been you know, pretty pretty mediocre, um, is that Australians are, are working, more Australians are working and they're working longer hours, but that's not really the path we want to go down. That's not sustainable. We can't keep increasing participation indefinitely. It's the labour force participation rate is already incredibly high. Melissa Wilson from CEDA, the Committee for Economic Development, joins me on the weekend edition. Uh, get it wherever you get the morning call from mid-afternoon today, ready for a weekend listen, and I'm back on Monday for our regular weekday edition as well. Well, I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you soon.